Hey everybody, how's it going today? Just wanted to, uh, Charlie wanted to say uh, hello this morning to everybody. Hope you're doing well as we end up this first uh, first full week of, uh, of March. And I got to tell you, uh, we are continuing, it looks like, on the same foot that we ended February with, which is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, we Last week of February was a, a negative week. And so far, looks like this week will be a negative week, too, unless some miracle happens today and we have just a super-duper day. So, hey, hang with us. Dave and I will discuss what's happening, maybe why it's happening, and some of the other things that are going on across the economy and the marketplace. But I want you to know I am glad you joined us today. Hang in there. Dave will be with us coming up next. Light FM, all the notes are there. Morning Dave is here. It's 8.40 now, 20 before 9. Let's check in on your money and see what's going on on Wall Street. Yesterday was a, another upsy downsy day that ended up mostly on the downside. Dow was off by over 1%. Standard & Poor's was off by one and a third percent NASDAQ pretty much fell out of bed, down another 2% yesterday. Let's try to flesh it all out and see what it means to your IRA. Philip Statler's on the line from Statler Financial Services. Philip, how you doing this morning? Hey, I am. Uh, I'm doing well. The markets, well, that could be a different story. You know, we finished up the last week of February with a negative week. And my fear today is, is that we could end up the first week of March with some negative weekly numbers. So uh, unless we get a nice bounce today. It could very well be, and I'm not looking at a nice bounce so far today anyway, based on the futures. One of those times that good news, bad news hits. Uh, Chairman Powell was saying yesterday from the Fed's outlook that he sees an increase in retail activity. Things are going to be looking okay, uh, and he's counting on the stimulus helping that process, and that got investors worried about interest rates, which didn't help a least little bit. Then we get the unemployment rate out this morning, and it, it's funny. we got two different sources quoting two different numbers, but bottom line is 6.3 or 6.2% pretty much were flat on the unemployment front. The only good side is we added a few more non-farm payroll jobs than we expected. We did, and that, and that was a good sign, I think. I mean, we, uh, we expected uh, 210. I think it came in like 379. Um, I mean, that's a substantial beat when it comes to job numbers. So uh, you can't be um, uh, unhappy about that number. It, the unemployment rate, like you said, depends on who you look at. The Dow Jones had it remaining the same at 6.3. Market Watch, I think, had it at 6.2, a little bit of improvement. So I'll tell you one number I'm looking at, Dave, and it won't come out until late, late this afternoon, is a consumer credit number. Um mm -hmm how much consumer credits out there because the expectation is for it to go up about 2 billion uh, from last month. That's a running ton of increased debt. It pretty much tells us where a good chunk of the stimulus payments are going to go, doesn't it? Well, maybe, <clears throat> maybe people won't pay their debts and they'll spend it on something else. I mean, <clears throat> who knows what people are really going to do, but, but I think Powell, the other thing Powell said yesterday I think caught people a little by surprise is that he expects that as things open up, that there's going to be a rampant jump up in, in inflation 
but he doesn't expect it to last long. He expects it to turn around and come back to some um, normalization uh, a little later down the road. But he expects a little bit of a jump in inflation, but not enough for the uh, for the Fed to do anything about it. And that's uh, that's the real worrisome part that kind of sort of got to the traders yesterday because inflation would incre- would indicate an increase in interest rates. And even at the relatively low rates we've got still on the interest levels, uh, we're still looking at the notion of an increase in interest rates, meaning it means an increase in borrowing costs for the companies that we trade stock in. So that affects everything all the way through Wall Street. Talking about the uh, interest rates, you, you had an interesting tidbit a bunch of people we talked about GameStop a lot over the last few weeks. Now we got a bunch of people out shorting Treasury bills. You're saying that's the article I read today um, that the 10-year Treasury is getting shorted um, to the point that you and I talked about the repo rate um, mm-hmm. a, a year or two back. We we really don't understand it. It's it's one of those economic things that uh, they talk about, but it's hit a minus four and a quarter percent on the 10-year Treasury. And from what I can gather, that's not a good thing. Um, there's a, a thing called the SLP. I think it's called the SLP. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's not the uh, – that's uh, – I'm sorry. It's called the SLR, which is not the Mercedes-Benz we're talking about now. It's a <laughs> supplemental liquidity ratio, and it's a limit on how leveraged U.S. banks can get. And so something about the, the repo rate, that repo number – and SLR number, um, those things are not going in a good direction this morning, uh, according to a couple articles I've read. And the bottom line really is when you short the price on a bond, when the price of a bond goes down, that means its effective interest rate goes up, which is not what we really want to see at the moment in terms of a major change. No, it's not. And and I just had a, a, a header go across my screen that the 10-year Treasury just hit a yield of 1.62. I can't remember, Dave, the last time we saw the 10-year at 1.62. I mean, it's been that long ago. It's been quite a while. That's for doggone sure. So we got an upsetting situation, and I'm looking at the futures overnight uh, responding to it. I mean, they were up and they were down. It looked like a roller coaster up at Bush Gardens. And given what we're getting this morning... Uh, it kind of looks like we're going to look at it when the real money gets thrown around starting about 9.30 as well, doesn't it? it? It does. You're right. It has been all over the board this morning. I mean, I looked at it this morning when I got up. It was green. Uh, I looked at it an hour or two later. It was red. Uh, and so when you and I, when I first started prepping this morning, it was red. And then it went green and then went red again. And now we're back to uh, a pretty nice green green tent right now. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that Dow's been up and down over about a 350-point range during the overnight futures trading market. And when you see that, you know at the very least even the serious money guys don't know for sure what's going on. You got any indications from the reports that are out this morning from the companies that get traded? Any good news on that front? Well, we do have some uh, – well, it's a mixed bag, right, we, as, as we would all expect. Um, we'll start with the movie industry, IMAX. Uh, mm-hmm. reported a 21 cent loss which is a penny more than than everybody had expected their revenue though did come in ahead of estimates and um, they were helped by stronger performance in the asian markets um so that's kind of surprising uh, but uh, they continue to hope and and, and anticipate that things are going to improve as consumers are able to return back to the theaters 
And so uh, IMAX uh, is trading down about two and a half percent this morning. We got a couple retailers, uh, big big time names here. Big Lots reported. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they came in at two dollars and fifty nine cents a share, which was nine cents ahead of what was expected. Revenue was basically in line with what everybody expected it to be. Their same store sales um, missed. They were expected to increase by eight and a half percent. They only went up by 7.9%. So uh, a little bit of a miss there uh, for big lots, not affecting their stock this morning though, up uh, about one and a quarter percent. Cool. I would expect, I would expect that same store sales to be a challenge because they tend toward being a surplus sales operation and kind of like the off price trade we talked about yesterday. It's harder to get stock in at that line of work these days. That, that is true. It's true. true to, harder to get that, uh, that that excess inventory uh, going there, but and the next one I have is Costco. Mm. So Costco reported they missed. Um, they were expected to make like two dollars and forty five cents a share. They only made two dollars and fourteen cents a share, which doesn't sound like bad to me. But hey, it, it is what it is. Um, Costco's same store sales rose thirteen percent. I'm wow. not sure exactly. I didn't say what they expected, but they're get this one though. Their digital sales were up 76%. Criminy. I I don't stereotype Costco as being a digital sales operation, but then again, we don't have one here in town, so I'm not familiar with them. But good heavens, that's an increase. That that's a substantial increase, but they are having some issues with their supply chain. Um, meaning higher costs are coming to them uh, and, and some other issues. So uh, they're, they're dealing with some stuff, uh, even though, and, and they lost, you know, too. So that's not good either. They're down about 1.9% this morning. Wow. I am seeing a lot more movement on the downside than I am on the upside of my winners and losers list this morning. Yeah, they are. The last one I have for you today is Broadcom. I don't know if you've been reading about, but the chip makers are are really and truly having a hard time keeping up uh, with the electronic vehicles, uh, the EVs coming out in and mass production. That's really putting pressure on the chip makers. Um, Broadcom came out; they beat estimates by six cents a share. Uh, their earnings are pretty substantial, like six dollars and sixty-one cents a share. Uh, revenue was uh, just a little bit above what they expected. Um, from that standpoint, they did say that um, sales were below analyst forecast. The, um, they, they continue to have, like I said, shortages of materials, which is putting pressure on them. Uh, they are trading up this morning uh, about 1.7%. Cool. Good to hear some good news. Resetting the table for the morning. It was an off day yesterday and a resoundingly off one on the NASDAQ exchange. 45 minutes before we opened this morning with this mixed bag of data that we got out of the government and the reporting companies. How are we doing so far today? Dave, I'm happy to report that at this moment, it looks beautiful. Uh, we had the Dow up three quarters of a percent. That's $230. We had wow. the S&P 500 up seven tenths of a percent, almost $27. We've got the NASDAQ up uh, not quite a half a percent. Russell 2000 up over one and a half percent this morning. 
that's a major change, even from my delayed quotes this morning. Uh, Evidently, somebody crazy. got happy all of a sudden, didn't they? They did, didn't they? They did. Maybe they went back to bed and woke up on the other side. I don't know, but uh, it's <laughs> looking good. Uh, maybe, they're com- oil, maybe they're oil speculators, because I'm looking yeah. at the commodities, and we're not going to like what we see on no, oil. No, that's not good there. Uh, gold and silver both trading down today. Uh, silver is down nine-tenths of a percent. Gold's down a third of a percent. And you're right. Crude oil is not a uh, not going to make us a happy camper today. Up almost three percent, two point eight percent, sixty five dollars and sixty one cents. Hey, be looking for three gallon gas. It's coming soon if this price continues. Shush you, but I'm afraid you're right. Uh, overseas markets, uh, Asian rim markets were off fractionally overnight. No major trend either direction there. And Europe is also mixed halfway through their day. Uh, as we say, sometimes explaining why these things happen, interest rates affecting stocks, stocks affecting interest rates, and then short-selling bonds, all of this stuff means volatility is becoming a rampant thing in the stock market. Philip, how do I get some stability out of all of this mess for my retirement? Then give us a call at 863-382-0037. And then go to our website at statlerfinancial.com. And we have an events tab there. We, we haven't posted it yet. We're getting we're working on a webinar type thing. And so if folks are interested in, in kind of getting some updates on that, they can go to that events tab. And once we have that scheduled, it'll show up there. And then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, on Highlands News Talk 730. Hi, thank you so much, and I will see you here on Monday morning. Fair enough? All right, man. Hey, you have a great weekend. Don't play too much golf. Don't get wet, and I will see you on Monday. Thank you, Philip, very much. You have a good weekend yourself. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, as we close out this first week of March, I want you to know that I am so excited that you guys joined us today. I I really do appreciate it. And look, remember, there's only one thing that any of us can control when it comes to our portfolio, and that's going to be the amount of risk you have. And if you don't know what your risk number is on a scale of one to a hundred, I don't mean, hey, I'm moderate, I'm conservative, I'm aggressive. That doesn't tell you anything. What's your number? And if you don't know, you need to give us a call at 863-382-0037 or go to my website, statlerfinancial.com. There's a link to my calendar there. Let's schedule a 15-minute call. I'd love to start that conversation with you. Hey, have a great weekend. I look forward to speaking to you again on Monday. Bye now.